encouraging, inspiring, and equipping leaders. This is Coach and Joe. Welcome back to Coach and Joe. Amber, I am stirred up big time for this one. I really am. Like a fat kid on a donut. You ready? First Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. By the way, podcast intended for leaders to help them navigate whatever God's called you to lead. And if you have not listened to the previous three recordings Amber and I have done, I'd go back and listen to those. It would probably help this one. All right, here we go. First Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the spirits the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, and then here we go. This is it. I think this is the next one is the highest gift you operate in, which I think is my connection with you missionally because I think it is for me as well. Not sure why. I don't know if it's sovereign or if I went after it. We'll talk about that in a second. Okay. But here it is, the ability to distinguish between spirits. Now, I grew up Baptist. You grew up crazy. You grew up Pentecostal, didn't you? Mm, no? No. I mean, I I didn't grow up in church, so. But you were what you were more. <clears throat> you Did you start off, when you started walking with God, did you start off in the charismatic stream? Uh, it was a seeker-sensitive church that was on the down low, charismatic Okay. We just didn't show it to everyone else. You you got a quicker start in a lot of these conversations. You got to understand, as a Baptist and me going to Beeson Divinity School in Birmingham, Alabama, I never, you just don't really read 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, 15. Mm -hmm. you're not, it's not that you're against it. It's like, eh, we're going to leave that over there. Yeah. Let me jump ahead to 1 Corinthians 14, 1, and then come back to 1 Corinthians 12. And what does this have to do with leadership? Well, I think it has a lot to do. 1 Corinthians 14, 1, pursue love, eagerly desire all the gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Let's don't talk about the prophesy part, part. All the gifts. Okay, I just read something there. When when Paul's writing this or speaking it, he's not writing like chapter 12, verse 1. This is just in the flow of what is being transcribed. He starts talking about all these different gifts, which is pretty bizarre because in most churches, you don't see hardly any of them manifest. I mean, how many churches do you know that actually see people heal when you pray for them? Like, it's hard, especially these days. You got to hunt a church down to see the gifts in operation. I have never, not one time to this day, I've never heard a sermon on distinguishing between spirits. Yeah. So you walk in an unusual amount of discernment. This podcast is not about talking about what you walk in, what I walk in. I want to help other people understand this gift and how they can walk in it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if you can prophesy and get someone's social security number over someone, oh, wonderful. Can you teach someone else prophesy? So here's the question. What is discernment? What in the heck is discerning of spirits? And what is the difference in that in testing of the spirits? Let me say it again. What is discernment for a leader? What is it? What in the world is discerning of spirits and what is testing of spirits? Yeah. It's oh, deep, gosh. isn't it? This is deep. I won't prepare for all this. <laughs> um, discernment. Oh, gosh. You know, it's like we talk about the leadership square a lot around here. This is. I feel like this is up in L4 for me, up in that corner where it's just something I do. It's who I am. So I, I've never really taken an opportunity to articulate it. Better yet, reproduce it. Yep. Um, 
But I don't know. It's like, I think deep in me, there's this pursuit of truth always. And so I can just tell when something is, when something or someone is not what, who they say that they are, you know, like I walk into a room, I'm like, "Mm, I can feel it. I'm a feeler. I'm like, eh. it took me for the longest time. I always thought it was me. For the longest time, I would get prophetic words about being a filter. And I went, oh, I'm actually picking up what's in the room or what's in a conversation. It's not that I'm actually in this place of pain, you know, like, or whatever I'm feeling in the moment. Discernment. Let's talk about uh, the difference in wisdom and uh, revelation. So Sophia, wisdom is really learned. So Ephesians one seventeen, I pray that he would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Right now you're getting your PhD. You're learning. The greatest leaders in the world are the greatest learners. I've never met anyone who can lead on a high level that's not learning every day. Hmm. Every day. I have to be able to self-lead myself, and I have to stay hungry. Not just hungry for intimacy with God. Not just that. Hungry to learn whatever it is God's putting in front of me. For example, Jesus was not given the Torah through revelation. Mm. Sorry. Yeah. Through rote memory. Yeah. My son is like, oh, dad, I don't want to read that. It's a half a paragraph. <laughs> Jesus, it's like Lord. Jesus Christ had the Torah memorized by the age of 12, Jack. <laughs> That's my son's name, Jack. So you got wisdom. It's learned. Mm-hmm. But then you got this revelation. It's Jeremiah 33, 3. Mm-hmm. Seems to point to more of the poof. The more of dropped in your spirit. Yeah. You know what I have learned? This is just Chadology. The father, we got a leaning tower of peas over here. The father tends to drop revelation. You may have to hold it. We have to do some editing here. We can jump back in. We'll jump back in with the difference in wisdom and revelation. Let's talk about Ephesians 117. Paul talks about spirit of wisdom and revelation. Wisdom seems to be, Sophia in the Greek, learned. You're getting a PhD right now. You're learning. Jesus had the Torah memorized by the age of 12. It wasn't revelation. He's learning it, memorizing it, wrote memory. Revelation seems to be these poof moments where God is dropping things in his children's spirit. Yeah. This is Chad 316, Chadology. This is what I've learned over the years. To the degree in which the Father trusts you is the degree mm-hmm. in which he will give you his revelation. It's yeah. uh, it's really unfair. Do you earn it? No and yes. The yes is it's the seed time harvest of so much intimacy with God built up over the years, and he knows the posture of your heart anyway. Do you want revelation to make yourself look good, or you just want revelation because you want to get to know God? Yes. God's the only judge where your heart is. Yeah. But if he begins to trust you, he will give you. And this is this is where discernment comes in, testing of spirits. Man, he's showing me something right now. All right, your husband and I, we're a lot alike in this way. God speaks to me through movies a lot. If you go watch Matrix movie, at the end when Keanu Reeves now can deal with that enemy, all those people, all those men are multiplying, coming after him. He knows how to deal with it. He, he didn't have more power at the end of the movie than he did when he t- swallowed that pill. The whole point is this. He grew in revelation of who he was and how the matrix worked. Revelation can help you discern what the enemy is doing through someone, by the way, in faith-filled communities. And then you can begin to 
test those spirits on people. I really want to break this down. I am fascinated by this. I want to write a book on this. I'm going to in the next 10 years. What in the world is discerning of spirits and testing of spirits? Because now we're, it didn't say discerning of people or discerning of knowledge mm-hmm. or discerning that God showed me that your grandmother's name is Lois. Hang on. Discerning of spirits. You ready for this, Thornton? There's four Hebrew words for watchmen. All four of them point to a watchman on the wall. Even in the New Testament, prophetically, you are not just keeping your eye on beholding Jesus as the love of your life. You're keeping an eye on what the devil is doing. Mm-hmm. This is biblical. Yeah. I have seen more demonic activity inside the church than I do out of it. And people are like, you're crazy. No, I'm not. What how do you what is this whole idea about discerning of spirits and testing spirits? What what is this? I think for me personally, it's always been this pursuit of Father, give me your eyes. I want to see what you see. I want to I want to see how you see. I want your perspective on things. And so uh, even as you were talking, I was thinking about this vision I had years ago with Jesus as the intercessor. And he, I like, I just was in this moment of worship with him. And I was like, I just want to, I want your, I want to see, we were in a particular situation with people in leadership who things were manifesting spirits. Were they born again? Yes. Uh, were they spirit filled? Yes. They were can, even leaders in the can church. We, can we just address this? Yeah. Here's what I heard you just say. And you can jump back into the story. Somewhere in your past, the Father was opening up your discerning eyes to how the devil was using leaders who were born again, spirit-filled. Yep. Proceed. <laughs> and, uh, hmm. you know, the easy thing to do is to get offended, right, and make it personal. That's really easy. But I knew there was something bigger going on. And so I was like, okay, I want the higher perspective here. Like, take me higher, and I want the aerial view. What do you see? What, what do you see, Father? Because I'm... First off, to me, that's always a good protection of like, it helps me not to, uh, for things to take root in my heart. If I can see what he sees and 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 see what's really going on spiritually here. Because like you said, we fight not against flesh and blood, but against powers and, you know, of darkness. And and so he told me, he said, if you really want to see like, like I see, then you have to come and sit next to me. And so he invited me to come and sit with him on the mercy seat. And I realized when I sat next to him on the mercy seat, I was like, oh, he was facing out. And so now all of a sudden I'm facing out. And um, he immediately showed me off in the distance a spirit of deception that was trying to roll in on the people. And so just having that experience with him, I realized, oh, like he's constantly using discernment. (laughs) I mean, he's the great intercessor. And so he's if he's constantly using discernment and discerning spirits, there's like a like you said a watchman thing about it where it's like this is actually for the protection of the people. By the way, First Corinthians is written to insiders, a lot of charismatics, and a lot of your old school Pentecostals do not believe that the devil can cling to or even use other spirit filled people. Mm. Like no, that's for the outsiders. Mm-mm, no, mm-hmm. no, no, no. I have seen more war- warfare. <laughs> with people who proclaim the name of Jesus. I told uh, uh, someone that used to work here, and he was from the military, and he was a high-ranking military official. And he used to work here, and I said, you will see more warfare here than you did what you did for the military. And he didn't understand that word. And then two years later, he said, you're right. He said, you're right. Okay, so here's the deal. We are either agreeing, we're either abiding in the vine, leaders, people, or we are taking the bait of the devil. Yeah. 
I'm not so sure there's not a more powerful gift in leadership. I know humility matters, and I know character development matters. I get it. Going slow matters. Your ability to discern spirits and test those spirits are a matter of perhaps mission of life and death for what God's given you to lead. You know what God told me? He said there'll always be a Judas in your midst. Mm. Do you know that Judas in our midst actually um, keep us low and connected to the Father? So think about Jesus. Jesus knew who Judas was. He may have not. Yeah. He may have known gradually. He grew in wisdom and stature and favor of God and men. But he handed him the the money bags. He's the only disciple from Jerusalem. Mm. So a discerning of discerning of spirits, even on the discerner. What I noticed when you said what you said, God had you sit with him on the mercy seat. Did you hear what you said? I'm not allowed to judge hate or get in my flesh Mm -hmm. over what I see in my discernment. This is, I'm going to look deep into the camera here. This is the hardest test that a Christian leader will ever go through when in leadership, Mm -hmm. when God shows you what he sees, but you're not allowed to judge that. You just, you discern that spirit, you test the spirit, you love the person. Yeah. And you attempt to get them delivered from the spirit they're cooperating with. Yeah. What do you hear me saying? That we need to stay on the mercy seat. You know, one of the things that the father really showed me through that vision with with Jesus was when you take yourself off of the mercy seat, you become susceptible to the to that same spirit of deception. Because what happened is if you get off of it, you're it's actually coming behind you. And you get caught off guard, but keeping yourself seated with him on the mercy seat, it actually gives you eyes to see and you're able to see it from a right perspective and um, see it from a distance. Really, you're not caught off guard by it. But as leaders, we can't can't fix people. I have a couple of small habits that I'm leaning into this year with growing in spiritual capital. One is praying in tongues 10 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. One is journaling 10 minutes a day. And I'm adding one. You know what it is? Mm. Reminding myself out loud every day. It's a key to success. I, Chad Norris, put Jesus Christ on that cross. Mm. Here's a danger for even high character people. As you grow in discerning of spirits, who do you think gave you that discernment? Mm-hmm. So Jeremiah 33, 3 keeps showing me, okay, God's secrets. It's amazing. Amazing. Who are the secrets coming from? Humility is the pathway to everything, including the gifts. Mm -hmm. Why is God going to be dropping so many secrets of discernment to someone he doesn't trust? But if he trusts you, he loves everybody. He loves his kids. You and me are equal in the eyes of the Father. The blood of Jesus covers us. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the trust meter. Revelation is largely dependent upon not just my desire for it, but the purity of my own heart. Remember when the Lord said, don't cast your pearls before swine? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do we honestly think the Father's going to cast his pearls of revelation to a, someone he doesn't trust? Yeah. See, he, he, he may give you a gift, mm-hmm. but according to 1 Corinthians 14.1, the paradoxical side of things is pursue love, eagerly desire all the gifts. Mm-hmm. As I lean into this, this gift of discernment, testing of spirits, this one is dangerous because it's the one that tempts me the most to get off that mercy seat. Mm. I wrote a chapter about this in uh, Mama Jane's Secret, a book I, I wrote a while back on the critical spirit. And I actually, I wrote on it mm. and fell into it twice, 
two times in the past uh, two years that I know of. Yeah. I normally don't. It's not something that I, I do a lot. But God began just to open my eyes mm. to someone and something and spirits, and, and and then I just I crossed the line, and uh, I he he was angry and and he took me through. He still is taking me through a season. I feel like I'm on the back end of it. He took me through such a season of gossip and slander, and he says for one purpose is train you how to love. Mm. And so here I am, a couple years later, dealing with an issue here at this local church. My heart is full of love towards a very difficult situation I'm leading through. It wasn't that way two years ago. Yeah. What? Is there anything more important than staying on the mercy seat in any of these gifts? Like you were saying, there's a, we have to keep the posture of at any day, any moment I could be where that person is. I think that's what, like for me as a counselor, constantly walking people through their, their pain, I keep in fresh in my perspective, I could be right where they are at any moment. And that keeps compassion alive. You brought this up in a session I had with you recently because I, I'm not at a place where I could do your uh, job well. Maybe one day. Here's why. If the father shows me something, I'll just jump into fix-it mode, tell John Doe what it is, and get rid of the thing and get rid of whatever they're cooperating with. But the truth is a person has to have their own discovery, their own – they have to want to be well. Yeah. You tend to – and Amwin's really good at this too. And my wife's really good at this. And Andy's really good at this. And basically, Michael, I, I'm the one that's like, I'm just not good at it. I'm being honest with you. Not, I'm getting I better. I mean, you might be more there than you realize. Maybe. <laughs> uh, it's What I'm trying to say is gently leading someone to what they're cooperating with. Mm. Instead of, hey, this is what the father showed me. Your wife is, you're actually Ahab right now. Your wife's a Jezebel because you've abdicated. Your, they're like, what the heck? <laughs> so discerning of spirits I mean, I'm telling you, the Father's given me a prophetic gift. <clears throat> I've leaned into it. It's not always great. What, like, what do you think the the purpose of Him showing us the things are? Here's what I didn't know. Man, he he is good at his what he does. A lot of times, it's not even about what He's showing me. It's about my response to it. Mm. He told me something a month ago. He, I've never used this word in 50 years. I've never used this word in a sentence ever. Have you ever used the word long-suffering in a sentence? Mm-hmm. Well, To me, that's something Shakespeare would say. Yeah. Well, long-suffering. I just don't <laughs> say that. And I, I was driving home one day. He said, I'm teaching you to be long-suffering. Mm. In my, I didn't say it out loud. I know he knows our thoughts. I'm thinking, yeah. I'd rather battle gout. Yeah, I well, don't like that. I think this. I mean, I'm, I'm that person. I'll always bring this back to trauma and pain. But that's why we have to allow him to feel pain with us, because he, he is long suffering. He's acquainted with sorrows. Yeah, grief. I'm laughing because he's showing me something right now. I I get it from my grandfather. I'm very kind in my heart. I am blunt. I could tell the story of the Bible in seven words. God sovereignly had me marry my soulmate. She's one of the wordiest. She's a wordsmith. 
she is a words master. Mm-hmm. And there are times that Wendy begins to tell a story, and I can just, I can feel like this. I'm The way I'm worried, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just like, just what are you trying to say? And I'm laughing because the Father, he does it on purpose, and he's teaching me just to engage the story and listen. Mm-hmm. Time to time, take out a knife and cut my ankle with it or whatever to get over the pain. I'm just saying this long-suffering thing, to answer your question, maybe the discerning of the spirits is not always about who you're looking at. Mm-hmm. What if it's an invitation to be empathetic in their own pain and, and journey with them? Meet a minute. <laughs> that really, I've noticed, is the core of what you do here. Mm. Yeah. You need to write on this because mm. I've never read leaders are somehow illegally think they're supposed to help people fix stuff. Maybe it's just join them in the journey through it. I know, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> that's it. So just sitting with people in their pain. Because that's what he does. That's what he wants to do. He wants to sit with us. Yeah. I haven't really, I haven't known that. I haven't, I used to know that side of him. You know, me not wanting to be long-suffering is not because I don't like people. Pain is just painful. Yeah. There's something really powerful about being present in it. Not even having, I think sometimes, I think it, we always say trauma will either bring, usually brings the worst out of people. Not not the person that's going through it, but everyone else, their response to it. It's like they say the the stupidest things sometimes. And I think because there's this deep desire of like, oh, let me help make this better for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. But people just want you to be present with them mm-hmm. in it. And that's what Jesus longs for. I told Wendy recently, I used to be a lot better at it. I wish I could go back and put some practical steps in leadership. You deal with so much pain in ministry and leadership. I had so much unprocessed, constipated, emotional pain you just don't have a capacity to be present in someone's pain. Yeah. And so do you want to disassociate? Well, yeah. no. No, I don't want to. But I can't. My gosh. This is why it's so important to have your own process. You know what helped me one time on a process? Going to Regent University by myself for a week in a hotel room on campus for a week. No TV. And it was silence and solitude with the Father. Mm. And he sat with me. Yeah. I remember leaving there feeling like I had gone to some conference. Like, man, it's awesome. Well, the truth is, I sat with God. I heard a counselor say the other day <clears throat> that he actually lets us set the pace when we're in pain. He lets us set the pace of how we process it with him because he so eagerly wants us to be wants to be present with us. And that's just such the kindness of his heart that he's actually going to go, I know this is hard for you, so we're not going to rush this. And I've even seen that in the counseling room, people who have tons of trauma. The process is incredibly slow. And so there's that long suffering of, I'm just going to be here with you. I want to close with this. You know, I've been pretty passionate against hypergrace in the past few years. I call it Disney Grace. Do you know there's a massive teaching in the charismatic stream? I'm, I don't mean like fringe. I'm talking massive at the core of, of the charismatic stream, that there's no such thing as inner healing, and it's a demonic concept. Mm. 
That's one of the devil's favorite mm-hmm. messages. It's a high level of pride. He loves it. Mm-hmm. It's a disassociated theology. Mm-hmm. And usually the, the people is so arrogant. God does not want us to worship our pain. No. He wants us he wants to connect with us and a journey through it. Yes. And you know what's kind of sad for that theology? Jesus went through what they say doesn't exist. So what a lot of the hypergracers say is that Jesus went to Gethsemane, you don't have to. Jesus went to the desert, you don't have to. It's all paid for, brothers and sisters. Yeah, my sins are paid for for sure. My eternal security is there. To bond with God, there's never been anyone on this earth that has ever bonded deeply with God that did not go through their pain. Yeah. Well, he went through Gethsemane mm-hmm. so that he could do it with us, mm-hmm. not because so we don't have to. A man of sorrows. Here's what's crazy. I'll close with this. The entire book of the Bible is called Lamentation. But you know what? Of course, we avoid pain because it's painful. But when you realize, wait a minute, I can do this in community, mm-hmm. not be alone. Yes. And God meets me in my pain. You're supposed uh, to do it in community. It's like, all right, let's go for it. Yeah. Had a student today look at me and he said he's learning to connect with God and just go slow in his pain. He said, he said, Chad, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. I don't like uh, pain. I run from it. My first thought is we all run from it. That's not a seven thing. Every once in a while, you'll meet someone that loves pain. One out of a bunch. Most people, you know, it's it's not the food that they're addicted to. It's it, what it is. It's coming from such such a pain of loneliness. Whether it's porn, whether it's food, whether it's workaholism, it's some it's whatever's caused that pain. And it's sometimes a coping mechanism. There you go. So the question is, what if you start inviting the father into whatever? It's causing you to run towards stuff. Yeah. Well, you don't have to cope. You get to be whole. You can be healed. You want to know what I think is one of the biggest addictions that I've seen rear its head uh, in the past few years? It's it's an addiction to ministry. Mm. Well, I hope these episodes are helping you. I know they're helping me. I mean, you need to be on here more. Uh, I think because... What God wants, he wants us to connect with him, really them, Trinity, and he wants us to connect with each other. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, on this <clears throat> side of the equation, even though our sins have been dealt with, that's going to require facing some pain. Yeah. We, yeah. I, I did. I'll close here. I, I laughed the other day. Someone said, I, I just think I have some father issues. And I thought, bless your heart. You're 19 years old. Every human <laughs> on earth. Welcome to the party. Ha- you know, you know what? I think I have mother issues. No crap. My wife and I are already saving money to send our kids to yes, therapy. Yes, listen. Be blessed up this up. You spread the word. Uh, like the show. Spread the YouTube links. We want to help as many people as we can. You know what's been happening recently? God's been spreading this show in South America. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that fun? That's awesome. Yep. And so, Father, I just thank you for our listeners. Whoever and wherever they are, I ask that you take the content of this show and help as many people as possible. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us on the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast. Don't miss the Coach and Joe Talk Show on YouTube and check out coachandjoe.com for more resources, blogs, and merch. We will see you next time.